Do you like books or movies or TV shows or songs with lyrics? You know, things that were created by writers. Of course you do. Do you like watching people type? I doubt it. Do you like hearing people telling you about how they come up with the things they type? Maybe. <laughs> there are lots of shows like that, but this isn't one of them. Do you ever procrastinate? Writers do too. So if you've ever enjoyed a great book or film or show or song or poem, and you thought, I'll bet the woman who wrote this epic high fantasy TV series or the guy who wrote this funny queer sci-fi novel or the person who writes this punch you in the gut poetry would be really fun to hang out with. And I'd like to hear them confess their bad not writing habits. You're in the right not writing place. Welcome to Writers Not Writing. Today's show is the pilot. So it's just Doug, the producer, and me, Benjamin Gorman, explaining how the show will work. Uh, and we'll reveal some behind-the-scenes secrets that only special people who have watched slash listened to the pilot will know. For example, at the beginning of each show, I'll talk about the conversation we're about to have, and I'll pretend like we're about to have it. But I'll mention some things we're going to talk about, and you'll wonder how I'm so amazingly prescient. But here's the secret. I will record this intro after the interview, so I'll already know what the show is about. It's like magic. Do you ever wonder how writers come up with the clever foreshadowing in a short story that hints at the big reveal later on? This is how. We often didn't know what the big reveal was going to be when we wrote the first draft, but it came to us uh, just like it comes to you as a reader, and then we went back and we plugged in that little hint to keep you wondering or to make the second reading more satisfying. This trick is also going to allow me to come up with the magic word in each episode. And um, because, you know, I'll be able to, because I will know what the magic word is going to be. Magic. Uh, so uh, this episode's magic word is shrift. Uh, Shakespearean for confession, only Shakespeare preferred the word shrift to confession because, you know, one syllable instead of three, a little easier for a poet, right? Uh, so I uh, can plug that in there into the iambic pentameter more easily. Um, so listen for shrift, and when you hear it, make a funny noise. Just, you know, whatever is your sound that you make, but some consistent noise that, you know, you can yelp or make fart noises or whatever, but make a noise when you hear the word. You can scream like they used to do on, like, Pee-wee's Big Adventure or whatever. But when you hear the magic word, you you make that noise. And, you know, as you keep coming back and listening to the show, that'll just become a habit. And every time you hear the magic word, you'll just make that noise. And then at some point, you will be listening in public. You'll be, you know, on a bus or you'll be in your car with somebody who doesn't know about this podcast. Uh, and you'll hear the word that you've been told to listen for and that sound is just going to come out of you uh, and weird that person out. And that will be great. Like that's what we're hoping for is, you know, a Pavlovian response uh, that, that only fans will get. So not, not, I mean, that's not supposed to be an only fans reference fans to the fans of the show. Nothing, no knock on only fans folks, but uh, um, this is as close as I get. This this went weird uh, all of a sudden. I was trying to do a funny thing, and now I'm like apologizing for not having an OnlyFans. Anyway, let's get on with the show. 
So here's the part where I'll normally introduce the guest. Uh, but of course, today we don't have one. Uh, there's a link to a form you can use to fill out if you're a writer who would like to be a guest on the show. So please fill that out if you're interested. Um, we do have Doug, the producer, uh, but uh, here's another one of those little bits of behind the scenes revelation. Doug is a fictional character. Uh, I'll use Doug to blame any technical problems, uh, but I'm going to resist the temptation to abuse Doug. Uh, interns uh, still ought to be treated well. They deserve to get paid. Uh, so that's why we'll have an advertisement in the podcast with ads popping up on the YouTube show. It's not for me. I'm a writer. I just need lots of caffeine and enough money to keep the house heated. Uh, and, 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 you know, only really heated enough that my fingers don't go numb while I type. So I, I have, I have very little in the way of uh, needs, but Doug lives a very extravagant lifestyle. Uh, and, Here's the thing. He has nine cats, all of whom have very specific dietary needs, right? Right, Doug? Yeah. They're, I mean, yeah. Uh, one of his cats only eats caviar. One of them only eats lobster, right? Uh, which is, I mean, I don't understand the, the kind of evolutionary part there. Why, why would cats have evolved to only eat fish eggs and crustaceans that makes very little sense to me um but there's another one that only eats jalapeno poppers from jack in the box uh and I i'm gonna see if i can get doug to uh, uh doug will you post a uh, like a, just an image i know you don't like to be in front of the camera but if you would post an image of that cat to uh instagram or or whatever it, it's it's quite quite a quite a cat um what's what's that one's name Poop, poops and giggles yeah poops and poops and, and that that's the edited version for uh youtube so i can only imagine poops and something much much worse oh the the poops is the part that was uh was edited i i took it to a, a really weird place there poops and something obscene uh which yeah you're imagining that now aren't you poops and whatever the cat uh is in some kind of videos that yep you're gonna see that every time you see your cat now yep that's yeah uh yes poop the, the the porno poop cat um so uh yeah doug you might you might want to edit all that part out i don't know if that is gonna fly um yeah. anyway it's we're starting over because the mic just fell down and i'm not sure if it's still working is the mic still working? We'll find out. Okay, you know what? The mic was still working, uh, and that's going to be our first thing that we blame on Doug, despite the fact that it was entirely my fault. Uh, so, uh, Doug, that one's on you. Uh, thanks for cleaning that up and editing it so smoothly so that, uh, you know, and, and chopping off the part about your cat that is involved in poopy pornography. That's, thank you for removing that. I appreciate it. Uh, we got to keep the show, you know, uh kid appropriate and uh and and so you know maybe it was fortuitous that it got cut at just that point i appreciate it um so after i introduced the guest uh in you know a, a flattering way like i have with doug today um then our next segment will be i mean it's not it's not a segment it'll just be really brief but um i want to make sure that people who are listening to the podcast 
also know about what it is that the guest and I have chosen to wear for the occasion. So, um, um, for example, the, the people who are on YouTube already can see this, but I thought it's a pilot. And so it would be kind of funny and clever for me to put on this pilot's hat from like, it's probably late 60s American Airlines. Uh, I like went cosplay because it's a pilot, you know, get it, uh, pilot. Uh, and, and I couldn't find the rest of the pilot's uniform. So that's why I am, I, I wore the, the, I, I found the, this stewardess outfit. And so I've got the, the top and the skirt and then the, the, yeah, I, I just want fuzzy slippers because I'm at home. And so I can do fuzzy slippers, uh, here. Um, but I did the stockings, the high stock. And did you know, this is, I mean, it was clearly a, a an even more sexist time. Uh, and uh, did you know that that flight attendants at that time, first of all, only women, and their stockings were a mandatory part of their uniform, but they were not provided by American Airlines. Uh, did you know that? I, I I did not know that because I just made it up. I have no idea if that's true, but I suspect it's true. It sounds like something that uh, is probably true. So I... I, I think that, you know, is, is believable anyway. And believable is a lot of what we're going to go for here on the show, because again, a lot of the people will be uh, writers of fiction, so we can make stuff up. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what I'm wearing today. Uh, it's clearly tight in places that I'm uncomfortable with and also you know, some culturally ingrained gender baggage uh, makes me uncomfortable, but I am doing this for you. Uh, and so that's, uh, I, I hope you appreciate that. And in the same way, uh, you know, I'll encourage the guests to wear something that's fun for for folks who are watching the show on YouTube. Uh, and, and we'll let people know about how we decided to dress up for the occasion. And then the first thing we'll talk about is, I mean, it's a show about procrastination, right? We're writers who are not writing. So uh, I, I'm going to talk about like, for example, my thing would be uh, last night, my son and I watched the um, Guardians of the Galaxy a holiday special, which was underwhelming. And I am a huge Marvel fan, like anything, you know, comic booky, nerdy, I'm pretty into. And Marvel is like premium, best uh, uh, nerd, you know, culture out there. And I love it. Uh, and yet this piece, the woman who plays Mantis, and somebody will, will probably uh, write in to tell me what her name is. Uh, I could look it up. Uh, that would be responsible. But the the actor who plays Mantis, she is phenomenal. And and just her facial expressions, her voice, you know, she's worth the, the, the cost of admission. Uh, and there's a good running gag that I won't ruin. Um, but Overall, uh, if you miss it, I've already spent too much time on it on this show. Like it's that, yeah, you know, um, which was kind of a bummer. I do worry about who is the target demographic because they did feel the the need to add uh, musical numbers uh, as kind of a throwback to the holiday special idea. Um, which is something that I think people a little bit older than I am would go, oh, holiday special, it's got to have musical numbers because there were these holiday specials in the 70s and they are probably not watching Guardians of the Galaxy. And meanwhile, I think 
everybody my age and younger is going, did we need a musical number in this? Who are these people, you know, singing? Why do we need a music video in the middle of this? Um, and again, that's caused me to spend way more time talking about it than it needs. But um, it's it's an odd thing. Uh, it's an odd cultural uh, relic. Uh, I, without knowledge, I believe it is better than the Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, I have never seen the Star Wars Holiday Special. Those of you who know about the Star Wars Holiday Special know that that was intentionally hidden because it was so terrible. So I presume this was an improvement, uh, but uh, it, it rose to the level of mediocrity, uh, which is uh, probably not what they were going for. So that's that's one you could give a miss. Um, so the next thing that I'll talk about with a guest, uh, who I'm sure will have a far more interesting uh, bit of culture that they want to talk about, uh, then we'll talk about news. Uh, that's been distracting us. And uh, so the the thing that's been bugging me uh, ever since I saw it, I saw a video with Herschel Walker doing an interview bragging about why he has played Russian roulette. And I mean, Herschel Walker's existence as a candidate is already offensive. Uh, the, the The whole reason that he was run in the first place is you know the republican party saying look we have a black friend like it's it's an insult uh to everyone's intelligence who is a, a voter in georgia um but then the guy they found oh and so he's on this this show and he's asked about rumors that he plays russian roulette and or has played russian roulette and uh, instead of saying, yeah, it was a really stupid, dangerous thing I did that nobody should ever do. That's that's bad. Don't do that. He has this, you know, for him, a relatively coherent response uh, in that it, it only went in two directions at the same time. And part of it was the, you know, Jesus protects me kind of stuff. But part of it was this like toxic masculinity if somebody challenges me, I need to prove that I'm not afraid of anything. And so I'll, I'll, I'll put a gun to my head and pull the trigger and I, and then I'll challenge them to do the same thing. And I just was like, people of Georgia, people everywhere, voting is a responsibility. And, you know, you're choosing a leader and you're choosing somebody that you want to to emulate and you want to respect and it made me it reminded me of uh folks who share my kind of left-leaning ideas uh who uh, back in the day uh the day being you know november or two years ago november um were frustrated with individual candidates and refused to vote and I remember talking to these folks and, and they would say, well, this person disagrees with me on this or that, and therefore I won't vote for them. And it just always floored me. I was like, you are not going to find a candidate who agrees with you on every single thing. And also you are of voting age, which means you are old enough to run. Like if you want to find a candidate who agrees with you on absolutely everything, there's a way you could do that. You you could run. 
Um, but if you choose not to run, you're going to have to vote for somebody who disagrees with you about some things. And from the viable candidates, you're going to find one who disagrees with you about less things. But, you know, there there are other people in our lives who we want to, uh, you know, instill certain values in but who also will differ from us, namely our children, right? And if you are choosing a candidate other than yourself, you should choose someone you want your children to be able to admire and emulate, right? I, I, want, I want my son to be able to say, oh, you voted for this person. Those values are at least tolerable, right? And somebody sitting around talking about how they play Russian roulette out of this kind of mock bravery that's really fear. You know, I'm so afraid somebody will think that I'm unwilling to do something that I can be that easily manipulated into doing something incredibly dangerous. Um, I would be appalled if some child in Georgia is looking at their parent and saying, my parent vote, voted for Herschel Walker. I guess Russian roulette is something that is okay in our household. Like that's horrifying. So that has been kind of just bugging me for days. The people of Georgia are considering somebody who brags about playing Russian roulette. Uh, and, and their alternative is Reverend Warnock, who's like, amazing i mean he's he's interesting to me because he is the kind of person who is a person of deep personal faith and yet his faith motivates him to serve the public rather than trying to instill his particular religious beliefs on the public and that's something i admire that's something that makes me admire you know all religious people who are like that who try and evangelize by being excellent examples of how to be a good human being so that people will say oh maybe their religiosity has something to do with that uh you know i'm not a religious person but i i, I see that and think that's the way to evangelize <laughs> be a person like reverend mornock and people have him as an option and they have a guy bragging about playing russian roulette i just I can't with this. Uh, so that's the kind of thing I would uh, hopefully not rant about ad nauseum on the actual show. I would have the guest rant about a news story. Uh, but uh, th those are the kinds of things we would uh, gab about. Because, uh, you know, if, if, if Herschel Walker wins, there are going to be plenty of these idiotic stories um, until somebody tricks him into playing Russian roulette six times. Um, so uh, the next thing we would talk about on the show is uh, a segment I'll call Hobby Horse. Uh, no, I won't. That's 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 ridiculously corny. Uh, the next section is where I'll ask uh, the writer about what it is they get up to in terms of a hobby that prevents them from getting their writing done. And uh, so uh, one of the things for me uh, is this last summer, I decided to try my hand at sculpture because I always like to try different arts and I find that they inform one another, you know, uh, and painting has made me a better poet. Uh, uh, and so I thought, what can I learn from sculpture? Uh, learned a lot about planning, uh, <laughs> made me a better uh, novelist in the sense that I learned about 
uh, planning things out in advance. But uh, the the idea for behind the sculpture was I had this uh, dishwasher, and uh, it was broken. It was I I'd put out a, kind of an all call. Anybody want the scrap metal? Nobody would taken me up on the thing uh, on on getting rid of it. And uh, I thought, okay, I will try and make something out of this. And I also had a couple of old toilets that were sitting on the side of my house. I'd replaced them. Uh, and so my son and I had a lot of fun dropping them into uh, some big plastic trash cans and then smashing them uh, with uh, a sledgehammer. And we smashed up the dishwasher. And then I took all the broken pieces and what I thought would be a few bags of concrete. Uh, it ended up requiring like... 10 bags of concrete uh, to uh, make this fountain around, you know, using these pieces of porcelain. And uh, and I, I decided to name it. it it's the, the shape of a woman standing, holding up something that will then pour water down because it's a fountain. And the thing that she's holding up is the toilet seat with some holes drilled in it. So the water comes down uh, and she's standing up like defiantly. Uh, and so I decided to name the sculpture Rhea Recycled, because uh, the, the character Rhea from Greek mythology gets a really short shrift. Like, she births the gods, uh, then, you know, her husband eats them, uh, then one of her children she manages to hide, and he comes back and, uh, you know, dismembers and expels his father and Rhea in all of this gets like nothing no lines I mean her only act uh volitionally is to one time hide her uh last child Zeus and the rest of the story is about Zeus and Kronos and I just feel like Rhea's story is more interesting we should tell Rhea's story so I was trying to tell it through this sculpture uh of this you know goddess rising up again out of recycled materials like she is uh you know she she is defying the the, the way that uh, history has has you know tried to get rid of her like an old dishwasher or a couple of old toilets so i made this sculpture and now winter is upon us and we'll find out if it explodes when it freezes uh, so the the there's some there's a little thrill there uh because it's got the tubing running through it from the dishwasher that then allows the water to uh, move up to the top of the uh, the, the fountain itself. Uh, and I am new at this. I have never made anything like that, a functioning fountain before. So we will see if Rhea uh, cracks. Uh, and, you know, she does. That's it, It's art. It's learning. It's, it's a fun experiment. Uh, but if she survives then I'm going to uh, add some coats of paint. Uh, right now, she just looks like cement in pieces. Um, and I think uh, this next summer, if she makes it to the summer, then I'm going to uh, paint her uh, and, and see if that, see how that changes her, just for fun. So that's something that I, that's that's a hobby that kept me from some of my writing this summer. Um, and we'll see what uh, other writers uh, have, you know, get up to that, uh, that that keeps them from their writing as well. Now, at this point in the show, I would then have to have the aforementioned ad break. Um, and because the show is new, we don't have ads yet uh, uh, till Jack in the Box hires us to do a spot about uh, Doug's cat, uh, Poops and Giggles. 
um, and sends us a lifetime supply of jalapeno poppers uh, and one of those oversized cardboard checks. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's how real advertisers do that. Uh, until that happens, um, I am just going to have to make up ads. So uh, here's an ad just to kind of let advertisers know how we would do ad copy uh, so that they get a sense of how it would sound, how well we can advertise for their product. So here's, here's an example. Do you like sports betting? Have you ever wished there were a literary version for writers? Well, now there is. Books Books is the place where you can place bets on whether the next book by your favorite author will be a hit. Right now, if you use the coupon code BRONTE, you get a $25 credit toward your first bet. Then you just search up your favorite author and see what the Vegas odds are on their current work in progress. 10 to 1, it'll be a flop. 100 to 1, if it's a hit, you could win huge cash. So place your bets on books books today. Offer not available in Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming, and U.S. territories or outside the United States. If you have a gambling problem, so did Fyodor Dostoevsky, Roald Dahl, Edgar Allan Poe, and Ernest Hemingway, and all of them are dead now, so you should seek help immediately. What do you think, Doug? How did that go? Is that should we record it again? No, Colin, good. Okay, so if advertisers out there would like uh, their product advertised on the show, uh, we could, you know, toss in something like that. Book books. Um, our next thing is going to be a five-word poetry contest. And so normally I will ask the guest to share their, you know, five-word poetry, uh, line of poetry. What What is a line for our listeners to consider for a poem of their own uh, or just for fun? Uh, and so I asked folks on Twitter if they would contribute for the pilot episode, and I got a bunch of good ones. So here are the this week's entries into the five-word poetry contest. Uh, the first comes from Karen Eisenbray, a novelist, uh, who hopefully will be a guest on the show at some point. Her five words, story sings worlds into being. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, Kate Ristow, also a novelist, I hope to have on the show, author of the Shadow Girl soon-to-be trilogy, um, writes, Despite everything, I still choose you. That's six words, I just realized. That's six words, Kate. Nice try. Uh, M.K. Martin, author M.K. Martin, uh, author of Survivor's Club. No stability, but instability everlasting that's good that's good right um now this next one comes from uh somebody on twitter named adersh a-d-e-r-s-h i hope i'm pronouncing pronouncing that correctly adersh bury them with your success interesting i i wasn't going to share that one because adersh mostly seems to tweet retweet elon musk uh, who's a douche but adersh also retweeted an artist named maria who goes by dreamfall underscore art and she posts cool stuff so adersh gets a pass thank you adersh for retweeting maria uh and this last one comes from kelly uh who is at phoenix lily 425 and is a writer and poet and submitted a whole bunch of really cool ones uh and here was my favorite Fear complicates love's pure intentions. That's pretty cool. That's a good one. So five-word poetry contest. If you're interested, submit your five words. Uh, 
the next part would be our announcements. Uh, the authors, you won't have to hear all about uh, the authors' um, current work in progress. This is not that kind of show. This is about how they procrastinate, but um, I do want to hear about one thing they've got going now. So what is something that, you know, is already out or uh, uh, that, that you know, that, that, that listeners can check out immediately? So give them a chance to uh, plug their stuff. And then we'll do a their idea for a weekly poll. And this will be something we'll put out on Twitter and uh, Facebook uh, through the through the Notify publishing pages um, and have the audience vote on it. So uh, our weekly poll this week is going to be what kinds of writers procrastinate the best? Novelists, poets, screenwriters slash playwrights or journalists? So you define for yourself what is the best kind of procrastination, but who procrastinates the best? Novelists, poets, screenwriters, playwrights, or journalists? Uh, and then we will have, next thing up, we'll, after that will be a listener question. Um, we don't have a listener question yet because you are the first listeners. Uh, you are the first viewers. Uh, but if you are interested, you can post one, you know, in the comments, you can uh, connect with us via uh, Twitter, uh, Notapipe Publishing, or um, the the best way would be to send an email directly to notapipepublishing at gmail.com. Uh, that's not a pipe publishing. It's a reference to the Magritte painting of the pipe, you know, because the point of that painting is about how representations are not the thing in itself and to publishing company we publish fiction get it it's representational okay um so that uh, not a pipe publishing at gmail.com uh and submit a listener question uh and then i'll ask the guest where they are can be found uh how people can connect with them it's kind of obligatory for me teacher gorman uh teacher gorman on instagram teacher gorman on uh on twitter uh, Benjamin Gorman online. You can search me on whatever. I'm on TikTok and stuff too. So uh, yeah, uh, Teacher Gorman. Um, and then the last thing will be a send off. And uh, I will ask the authors for some kind of, you know, one liner. Um, uh, you know, instead of like one consistent phrase that I'll always use that's, you know, clever or catchy or whatever. Uh, it's a show about procrastinating and I haven't gotten around to writing one. So something like put off for tomorrow that which you would rather not do today. There you go. Uh, so uh, thanks to the Zombie Dandies for our intro song, Welcome to the Zombie Coast, uh, which they generally generously made available free online. <laughs> thanks. They don't know me. I don't know them, but I found their song and it worked. Um, but if you are in a band and you would like your song used as the intro and outro, I would love to highlight a listener's work. So email me something better than this song that I just found. Uh, I'll see you next week uh, with a guest. Uh, who will come up with a better end to the show. Thanks, everybody.